Run. I just flew in from the Windy City. The Windy City is mighty pretty. Sweet home, Chicago. Yep, you guessed it. This podcast episode is all about Chicago Marathon. We've got a great interview with a husband and wife running duo who were lucky enough to take part last year. That's coming up shortly. Thank you for downloading episode 21 of Here's What You Could Have Run podcast, where I talk to real runners about their real race experiences. In running news, this weekend just gone was the London Marathon. The elites ran laps of the park in London, whilst 45,000 of us ran our own races at home, or more accurately swam, since most of the UK endured unending rainstorms for the entire day. They had to reduce intra-pitch the worst day of the year to hold a mass event in, unfortunately. I ran my fake London at an actual event put on by Enigma Running Milton Keynes. It was cold and wet and I turned up later than an idiot, but still managed to get around there. I'm still carrying a little bit of a knee niggle, so I wasn't really in shape for anything like a PB. But I did manage to get my 100th sub four official marathon, so it made the day seem quite worthwhile. It's really good out there seeing so many other runners out with their London bibs getting their races done, either on their own or in small groups. If you got out there and run in the rain and stuck with it, then well done. But if like one runner I saw, you did it with support crew on a bike with a large trailer and spent most of the day bullying people off the pavements and footpaths since your marathon attempt was so much more important than either good manners or even just obeying the highway code, then sorry, but you're a bit of an ass, and probably should have a word with yourself. I'm not sure if it's just me, but I found the official London app was pretty inaccurate on the distance recorded. The route I ran was a measured marathon distance course, yet the app kept coming up quite early with the mile announcements. In the end, I got the fanfares and congratulations for finishing the marathon, probably over half a mile before the end of the actual race. I do wonder how many people might have accidentally got a good for age or a semi-official PB due to that being a bit generous. Then it was down to particular phone models, software updates or just the way the app was working. I did see on social media a lot of people struggled to even get it to work at all or found it crashed out. But given the UK government can't get a working track and trace app working for 35 million, it's not surprising London Marathon a few issues. If you're bored on a train, it's worth checking the current London leaderboard. There's some ridiculous times on there, either due to app issues or blatant fibbing. At one point, there was an unknown 50-year-old female who set a new world record. Whether she's a real undiscovered talent or had a bit of an app issue with that one. Back to actual real results, and in the London women's elite race, there was some amazing running, with Kenyan runner Bridget Koskai winning. Only just beating American Sarah Hall, who pulled off a really gutsy finish. On a recent interview, she explained she specifically trained for this event by running short loops with only right-hand turns to simulate the race, which obviously paid off with such a good performance. In the men's elite race, there was a surprise when race favourite Elia Kipchoge struggled, finishing only eighth, beaten by Shura Katata, who fought off two others in a really good sprint finish at the end. Of course, London Marathon should have been held in April and was delayed until October and then became elite only. It's been a very unusual year for marathon majors. This month should also have been the Chicago Marathon and each year 45,000 runners descend on the Windy City to take on the 26.2 mile course. Last year, the women's world record held by Paula Radcliffe finally fell after 16 years. 
when Bridget Koska again won with a time of two hours, 14 minutes and four seconds. So it's certainly a fast course, although less so if, like me, you're a bit hungover from the night before, full of pizza and having a few beers en route. For 2020, it's yet another race casualty of COVID-19. So instead, we're going to get the lowdown from husband and wife racing team, Stephen and Catherine, who run it last year. You can also hear how the city got its nickname, and it's nothing to do with the weather. Yep, this podcast is educational and fun, like a clown with a dictionary. But first, time for one more jingle. My kind of town, Chicago is. Join me now, uh, Stephen and Catherine, and they're here to talk about Chicago Marathon. So welcome, guys. Hello, Hello Mark. And first thing out the way first, you're both joining me from one house, and that's not because you're breaking Boris's lockdown rules, it's because you are, in fact, married. There you go. <laughs> a husband and wife running team. The first <laughs> one we've had on air, so welcome. <laughs> so uh, we'll start with ladies first. So Catherine, could you uh, tell me how you got into running and what you've been up to since then? Um, I started running the first time in 2012. It's probably to do with the Olympics or something. Yeah. Um, I signed us both up for a sport relief mile. Um, well, we did three because we thought a mile wasn't particularly far. <laughs> um, so, Even then, you were, you know, egging it on, eh? Yeah, exactly. So we, yeah, that's how we started. Although I kind of got injured and didn't enjoy it, whereas it started Stephen off on like this crazy monster running journey so I stopped for a few years and then three years ago I'd hired a personal trainer and was doing some bits and bobs and I thought oh, I'll give couch to 5k a bit of a try see how I get on um and it was much more successful the second time round. so I kind of joined the Redway Runners you know and then a whole got led down a you know a bad path <laughs> you'd meet many bad influences yes. and other running clubs are available they yes, are indeed, but they're not yeah. as good <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah and then from that point i was like oh, i'll only ever do 5k and then predictably you just go down a rabbit hole of going further and further yeah, I mean, I people do stop at the 5k don't know maybe do the odd 10k and then you've you've definitely not stopped no, <laughs> but it's yeah, it's been good, good fun this time. So yeah, I've been running for about three years, I'd say properly now. Excellent. How many marathons are you up to now? Three. So three. I did two road and one trail. So I in, did Shires and Spires. Yeah, recently. you did that recently. You managed to actually get a, a marathon in this year. So yes, better than a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So in in a normal household, being on three marathons, you'd obviously be. Uh, something quite special stand out you know you'd be the runner of the house but unfortunately you're not in your house are you because no. <laughs> Stephen do you want to introduce yourself and tell us what you've been getting up to well uh Catherine and I started running at roughly the same time but uh, way back in the dim and distant past in 2012 I was about three stone heavier and enough people started telling me I was looking well <laughs> but I thought right I've got to do something about this and mean, meanwhile though Catherine's sister had challenged me to do a marathon before I was 40 and I ignored her for several years and I just needed to get on with it mm. so I, I duly did we'll come we'll, we'll come on to exactly how the running worked later but uh, suffice to say we uh, uh, Catherine was better than me 
and was running further than me and faster than me to start with. Didn't I, last long. I, I, I wasn't Relish having it this. all you can, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I, I duly did it. We signed up for this uh, Sport Relief 3 mile. Uh, duly did it and thought, ooh, I didn't die. So I, I realised I quite enjoyed this. So that was the march. I signed up for the Cardiff Half Marathon that October and uh, kept, went round in a quite respectable, I think it was 142 at the time. Mm. And then, all right. That's good you first, yeah. And then I'll, uh, I'll, I'll get my first marathon out of the way. So that was, yeah, that was Milton Keynes in 2013. And I, I did, I, th I think I did uh, Nottingham later that year. So it was really quite, quite sedate, nice progression thereafter. Normal, one might say. N normal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then I just started ramping it up a bit and thought, well, if I can do one or two, I can get to maybe larger numbers. Fast forward another eight years, and I'm on 78. Yeah. <laughs> more Should have been more by now, really. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you were rattling through them, weren't you? Um, sort of the last couple of years and doing, well, made a good start on this year. And then, yeah, a worldwide pandemic slightly put paid to plans. Yeah, yeah. managed to get seven in before the, before the lockdown kicked in. Yeah, so that's seven in, what, two and a half months or so. Yeah. That's a measure of quite how dedicated or obsessed you are, can you look at it? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, um, obviously, if we said you are a married couple, so what's it like running as a couple? Is it easy? You both understand the need for training, or do you end up arguing over who gets to get up first in the morning and get their mouths in? That's not a problem because Stephen gets up at like 5am. Meanwhile, <laughs> I'm blissfully asleep for about another two hours at least. Yeah, so normally for. he's gone out and come back and probably watched some stuff on Netflix before I've actually got up and go and do mine. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that's fine. Um, but I would say our approaches to training are quite different. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Catherine, when, when she started off uh, with the with the second wind of running was... Uh, very much training plan based and one would argue doing it properly I was yeah. a bit more scattergun taking advice where I could get it but otherwise just winging it so they're I, both valid approaches yeah <laughs> I don't know if he, if he preferred it when I didn't really know what I was talking about and had an opinion because now I have opinions and tell mm. him what he's doing wrong <laughs> however do, he's actually. still very successful so <laughs> can't be that wrong but yeah. <laughs> well, I suppose you've kind of avoided injuries particularly, haven't you? I suppose if you start picking them up, that's when you'll be getting a bit of I told you so, won't you? Yeah. Yeah, it's quite funny when he tries to do core class. That's entertaining. <laughs> oh, goodness. I'm, I'm like a landed whale trying to do that, a very inflexible landing. I, I can sympathise that. I am very, yeah. I, I look Stand at my feet watch. and I'm, I'm trying to get them to move, but they're not moving. You know, you're like, Anyone external would think I'm just lying down. It's only that I know in my head I'm sending the impulses to try and like move my legs. I know I'm trying to do the exercise. It's quite... Mm. All the yeah. legs I can do, it's the bending down to touch things that really should be that's within reach. Bad, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing below knee is worth touching, that's what I always think. And if you've done <laughs> enough marathons, you don't need to want to touch your feet anyway, so, you know. It's, so, it's, you don't no. want to see Stephen's yeah. feet. <laughs> 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 It's a bit of this is audio only because I would show you a picture of my feet now. No, I've got worse. So I'm sure we could uh, grace each other out. There are internet groups for uh, bad feet pictures, I'm told, if you like that sort of thing. Sounds awful. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
as we said of the both run uh you ever had any sort of friction from that has Stephen ever like accidentally popped out for an unannounced marathon for example funny you mentioned that yes it has been known <laughs> i went to work one christmas eve um and Stephen was like oh i'm just popping out for an early run and he went really early he went before i went to work and i was like oh that's interesting and then short time later he just fessed up via text message that oh actually my my run is uh, a marathon um at Caldicott Lake with Foxy <laughs> which is just as well he fessed up because that day also Foxy took pictures and put them on Facebook so that would have been a better way to find out yes. <laughs> I do wonder when he does that how many people have like you know called in sick to work or something and they're gonna get found mm. out <laughs> it was a scheduled day off <laughs> no that's fine <laughs> I've got myself something of a reputation because at, uh, at several races since at Foxes, so many people have said, do you have permission to be here? Does she know? <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Going. It's hilarious. <laughs> cool. Now you're here to talk about Chicago. So um, what made you both pick Chicago? He started it. Well, <laughs> I, 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 want, I wanted to get uh, some, of the, some of the marathon majors in. Yeah. So I've, I'd, I'd already done London by that point, uh, well actually two Londons, and thought well let's let's give Chicago a go. So I thought uh, uh, my PB doesn't quite qualify for Boston, but I wonder I wonder what the good for age is for for mm. Chicago. And much to my surprise and delight, uh, my PB was three sixteen and the qualification was three twenty. Thought right, I'll go for it and got in. Yeah, that was how I kind of accidentally did it as well. I couldn't get in London and found out Chicago was relatively easy yeah. compared to that, wasn't it? So Yeah, it's a good 20 minutes slower. Yeah, it certainly helped. So you got in on that and then you went, bye dearie, I'm off on my own for Boys Weekend Chicago. Uh, <laughs> not quite. No, I was fully prepared for the supporter experience, but oh. at the time I was commuting to London on the train and boredom kicks in when you're on the train every day to London. So I thought, oh, I'll enter the ballot. I won't get in. Um, predictably, I got in. <laughs> so I found out later, Chicago's got quite good odds for international runners. So you're reasonably likely to be successful, apparently. Well, that's um, good, then. Yeah. So a lot of the majors don't have ballots for international runners, do they? So it's either be local, be fast, or pay a sports package. Yeah. So you're I was getting that way. I hadn't even run my first marathon when I got in, so... I was a bit like, oh, now I've got to do two. <laughs> yeah. And um, obviously your cost rise in Chicago, if you've only run sort of UK marathons, it's quite pricey, isn't it? Yeah, it was about $300 uh, each. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, thankfully, we, we knew that was going to be the case, but it still sticks in the throat a little bit because you wonder how on earth can London charge yeah. a sit a fifth of that because it's about 38 quid i think normally london yeah. something like that isn't it it's ridiculous obviously it's like a different business model but yeah, yeah it does you, you get yeah you get in chicago and you're like ouch the first of many costs have hit so as you hadn't gone through a sports store or anything you basically both had race entries and that was it so how do you yeah. go about planning how to get to chicago so the benefit of Stephen getting in good for age was that we could book everything before the general ballot got results came out. Mm -hmm. um, so we went, we don't, we decided we wanted to do a holiday rather than just the marathon, seeing it's going to cost us quite a bit 
<laughs> to go out there um so we went to um a travel agent and got them to book like a multi-center so we did chicago and then planned to go to seattle afterwards nice. but in the travel agent we're like oh well we just want to stay quite near to where the marathon starts it's grand park like find us somewhere in that area um so we accidentally ended up at the flagship hotel of the race at the Hilton Chicago, um, which we didn't realise until they started sending out all the many emails. Yeah, um, and you could but, pretty much see the start from out the window, couldn't you? It was kind of yes, that close. Yeah. It was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we arrived and everything was like branded Chicago Marathon. And it was quite exciting. We did see some athletes in the hotel. I saw Mo Farah running on a treadmill in the gym while uh, I was in the swimming pool. That was a good mm. highlight of the trip. Mm. <laughs> It's really close as any of us would get to seeing him run, isn't it? Because yeah, exactly. the front disappearing off in the distance normally. Well, I did manage to pass Mo Farah in the London Marathon. Just it was headed the other way at the time, but I did pass him. <laughs> yeah, with his medal and everything going home, wasn't he? <laughs> cool. So um when did you fly out there then? Because the ad being a big major, you've got an expo to get to and stuff like that, and obviously the race was on the Sunday. Well, well, since we were, do, we were doing it as a holiday, we thought we'll, we'll give ourselves plenty of time. So race was on the Sunday, but we flew out on the Wednesday. And so time to acclimatise, do a bit of touristing and so on. Yeah, so we you know, did uh, open top bus tours and, and uh, a few of the touristy bits. And then we knew we needed to get to the expo for... Uh, on on Friday because we had the 5k on the Saturday and we needed race numbers and so on so that largely dictated what we did but it, the going out early was well worth it yeah I bet it's a lot quieter out there then yeah so and the, you can um, kind of see them putting up the stuff in Grant Park and things that kind of built the excitement and the day before they painted the blue line on the road and that kind of thing as everyone was cool. talking about it <laughs> So the expo then, what was your, how did you get to the expo? Because I found that quite interesting for Chicago. We went on a weird shuttle bus that was like an American school bus. Yay, yeah, <laughs> after queuing for what felt like half of the trip in the rain in the yeah. streets. They, they seemingly picked an expo hall that you couldn't get to on normal public transport. Unlike yeah. London, where yeah. at least you can get the Docklands to XL, can't you? But, it's quite yeah. fun going on a school bus. That's a good mm -hmm. Yeah, if, yeah, it gives you a bit of American feel. They've got no suspension, I found, though, because every time they went over a pot, <laughs> it kind of sends your spine through the top of your head. But, you know, I'm not sure Mo Farah would have taken the bright yellow bus. And what was the yeah. expo like when you got there? Because some people love expos and some people think they're a big fat waste of time. <laughs> I think it probably depends. I mean, I've not really been to many expos and I've not been to a big expo as a runner. Um, so I probably found it a bit more exciting than... <laughs> you know you did um but, um but it was really busy and really hot i remember mm, yeah. um but still i enjoyed buying random pieces yeah. of things like chicago marathon sunglasses and chicago t-shirts and yeah. you know you trying some tourist package yeah getting all the yeah i did go for it yeah. oh yeah <laughs> yeah and, and there were all, all sorts of commercial opportunities there and the, the the official race stuff ridiculously expensive but you've, you've got to, you've got to get some of it though you, you just can't go all that way and not get it so well we you did. say that i didn't believe <laughs> i'm just tired <laughs> off. so how long did you spend at the expo and how did it work picking up your numbers and stuff because you were picking up two lots of race numbers yeah so that was the actual picking up the number was quite straightforward yeah. there was a bit of a confusing queue system 
that we had to get through it but it was quite busy when we were there because it was raining I think everyone was like right let's go to the expo and get that done mm. um so that bit was quite easy mm. although I think we had to go to different parts even though we obviously have the same surname I think we still had to go to different areas of the hall <laughs> yeah and uh, don't underestimate the security either especially in the states yeah so that, was, that was interesting getting in yeah virtually getting strip search just getting in the hall it was a bit when we'd come straight from the airport, Dennis and I, so we basically had our kind of, you know, carry-on holdalls as well. So they wanted to have a good route through them, make sure we haven't bought any contraband or, you know, whatever you're meant to bring to those sort of places. Yeah, yeah the, uh, but aside from all the commercial stuff, there's all, all the various races and advice and the, you, you, you can find. So it's actually quite, even for a wizened old hack like me, it was, uh, it was still a, a good experience. And uh, well worth turning up for, if not just for your race number. True. I suppose you, that's it. You were a bit more relaxed because you flew out there earlier, weren't you? So you, it, you could happily spend yeah. an afternoon milling around. Yeah. Yeah. No after pressure that at all. Friday morning. So I kind of wanted to get in and out uh, spot style as quickly as possible with Dennis. I think we was about an hour from getting in to getting our stuff and getting out, which we were quite pleased with. <laughs> yeah, you still have to go around the whole thing, didn't you? They just sort of yeah. trap you in there. <laughs> yeah. And then queue up for the big bouncy yellow bus to get you home again. Oh yeah, that took quite a long time to get right. back. Yeah, we bumped into some friends by that point, so actually it wasn't so bad. Excellent. Because <laughs> um, yeah, there was uh, quite a big Redway contingent out there, wasn't there, last year? Yeah, I think about 20, which is yeah. quite a lot, considering how far <laughs> away from home we were. Um, exactly. Yeah, but that was quite nice, because it meant you could kind of share the experience and find out where people were eating and have a good meal after the race. Yeah, I think the weekend of the whole was just a brilliant weekend away, wasn't it? Having yeah, all your mates there and and we uh, other than the rain which you endured, I think the weather the weekend had pretty much perfect weather, didn't it? It was dry, a little bit chilly, it was about what you want. Yeah, good conditions. So in terms of training for the marathon, then obviously we know Stephen doesn't really train for marathons, he just rounds and he turns up and runs around. How did you train? Jasper? I had a training plan. Imagine that. <laughs> I know. You lend it to Stephen. um so i having had a coach on my first marathon i kind of went a little bit on my own for this one i sort of wrote my own plan on the combination of stuff online stuff i'd learned um but yeah i had a plan which works well for me because i i can't just go and bash out a marathon like Stephen does um (laughs) and i wanted to get a pb being it was my second marathon which i did achieve so that excellent good result and your plan is what, probably three runs a week, four runs a week? What do you have down there, roughly? Yeah, about there. three, sometimes four. Bit of cross-training or classes to try and avoid getting injured. Sounds very sensible. Yeah, I try. Mm, I try. Well <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't rub off, apparently, though. <laughs> no, he just rocks up and does not yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is really annoying, actually. <laughs> oh. People well, that, 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 that's a husband's well. job to be annoying. Yeah, it's very true, isn't it? Cool. So on the Saturday, then, you both mentioned earlier there was a 5K race. So what's that all about? Uh, they call it the Chicago International 5K. So they make a big deal about getting different people um, from <laughs> you get a nice different hat countries. Yeah, we got, we got a hat. That was one of the major enticements to me. I wanted a bobble hat that you got at the end. Um well, most people got at the end. There was a bit of a saga of the hats. Awesome, so we decided to run as a group of uh, Redway runners because it's just a nice way to 
spend the morning. Um, but because of that, we were sort of further back in the field and they weren't controlling the distribution of the hats. Mm, um, they were just on a table, weren't they? People were just kind of yeah, grabbing so people just grabbing hats. I think people that weren't runners were grabbing hats or grabbing multiple hats to eBay, presumably later. <laughs> um, so we were fortunate and managed to get hats because we were sort of a bit swift to getting through the um, finish area. But most of the rest of our group did not get hats, which no. caused great consternation. I was very really angry about that, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of... It henceforth became known as Bobble Gates. Yeah. It's weird because you're like such an organised mage as you sort there of uh, been able to hand out goodies and be on top of that sort of thing. It's not like their first time organising a local... No, it was a bit surprising. Or something. And I wasn't sure it was safe to wear my bobble around Chicago the next day. <laughs> <laughs> there was quite a lot of animosity, wasn't there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would say they did come through and everyone got another one posted out eventually. I think mine took like two months, I think, from the race, but we did find Yeah, they did resolve it, didn't they? It, it, it was a great event, though. I mean, it's, it's, it, it, from, from our point of view, it was it, uh, meeting up with friends and just having the social aspect. So it was less about the big crowds, less about the route or a time. It was just meeting up with people. Yeah. It was chip time, though, which is kind of unusual, I think, because we've done the Paris breakfast run before their marathon, and that was just a bit more of There's a no time, is it? it's like parade a, down the street. It's park run Paris, isn't it? It's just, yeah, off you go, and there's uh, croissants at the end and coffee. Yeah. yeah. So... But it's I guess, nice. I, th I seem to remember this was quite pricey for a 5k, so maybe the chip time was so they could justify the 40 quid yeah. or whatever they charged. It wasn't cheap. No, but you got a hat, so... Well, exactly. <laughs> Eventually you all got a hat, it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> cool, so uh, you finished the 5k in the morning then, you got your big race tomorrow. What do you do for the rest of the day, particularly if it's your second marathon, you're trying to be sensible? I will not, not walk around too much. <laughs> uh, but I, I can't recall what we actually did that afternoon, though. I think we still probably racked up, you know, 20,000 steps or something without even trying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, we tried to get breakfast after the run, which was really difficult because everyone obviously had the same idea, so we ended up in a McDonald's. <laughs> well, it's American, at least. It's authentic. Yeah. It? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is different in America. Yeah. And then I think we just sort of relaxed a bit before the before the evening our hotel had put on a, a pasta buffet um Ooh. knowing that they had a hotel full of runners so that kind of took the stress out of finding somewhere to eat mm. that night you could just eat as much as you wanted which was quite good <laughs> and did you know when to stop because i'm always worried about those sort of things that you can <laughs> eat too much and then wake up the next day feeling like death well no because uh, I, I think i think it was that uh was it the morning of the marathon or the morning after where we had the, the two-hour uh, record attempt as well? Because that was uh, Kipchoge. Oh, that was the morning of the marathon, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he was going for his uh, sub two, wasn't he? Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah, so I, I, I couldn't, couldn't sleep brilliantly anyway, so I was up listening to uh, the, the internet coverage. Oh, that's so, a good way of getting your, your head in the game, isn't it? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, as well as being thoroughly fed, literally. Yeah. That's good. So on the race day then, obviously it's, well, as people might not know, it's a lot more tiered starts than something like, say, London and stuff. So there are big gaps between the waves. So what time did you guys start? 
Well, we, we have very different approaches to our race days. <laughs> uh, I, I tend to arrive at the crack of dawn before anybody else arrives and be absolutely, uh, every, everything is planned for allowing an hour extra for everything. Even though you could see the start line from your bedroom window pretty much. Yeah, but they, men <laughs> they mentioned that there was security and I could be delayed, so of course I've got to allow the extra. Whereas... I was a bit more lastminute.com by approach because I thought, ah, oh, I can see the start from the window. Yeah. Um, so I remember I was watching the coverage on the TV and all the elites had started and I thought, <laughs> maybe I should go down now. <laughs> um, oh yeah, I meant to be running today. Yeah, I'm yeah. in this race, I'll, uh, maybe I'll pop it up. But I was in wave F, I think, so... Was quite a significant difference whereas yeah. you started an hour later than i did at least. You, you were at half eight half eight quarter nine ish i was half seven yes yeah, i early think i was in the same one as you mark yeah i think we were yeah probably about the same one it's, it's an early start isn't it and i had to trek in from a little bit more outside the central town so mm. but yeah, my wave didn't by the time i crossed the start line it was about 10 to 9 so it was quite a lot yeah. later <laughs> I mean, um, halfway around by then probably yeah basically <laughs> And my mum was tracking us and she did say there was a point where we went across the river and I was going one way and he was going the other, but obviously we never knew oh, because no. we're at very different parts yeah. of the race. So as you had an early start, Steve, was the breakfast in the hotel that early or? Uh, no, because, uh, yeah, it, it, it was way too early for that sort of thing. So I, I, we, we made our own arrangements and went to a, a 7-Eleven or whatever the local equivalent was and just made sure we had our own bits and pieces. Cool. So it was far easier that way. So the dinner was great, but the breakfast provision, not so great. Yeah, I mean, I stayed with Dennis in one of your booked with the sports tour package. So that was actually worked out quite well in that they put on a special, slightly manky early breakfast for the, all the runners. And that started from around, I don't know, half five, I think, to allow everyone to get there in time. So I bought stuff from home because I, again, being the prepared runner that I am, like nothing new on race day. <laughs> You've obviously um, paid attention to all the uh, people that tell you good advice, yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah. So I'd brought mine, so I knew what I was having, and I trained with it. Whereas yeah. Dean, yeah, I think it's popped down and bought some random stuff from a shop. <laughs> mm. Well, given half a chance, I would have had McDonald's to start with. But yeah. Nobody ever does that, do they? No, exactly. Who'd do that? I've got to get one tomorrow before I do the my fake London, to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, I think we had the be in America, and it was some weird potato thing in our hotel, kind of like tater tots, I think they call them, don't they? And massive yards of what they call bacon that's more like more like deep fried videotape you know it's so skinny and so <laughs> we were just like demolishing that before the race hoping it would stay there but there you go <laughs> so when you get to this is something that caught me out when you actually get to chicago for the start into the pens and stuff there's all different entry points aren't there yeah, you have to know what gate you're going through. Yeah. And again, that was different for each of us because my pen was further back. Um, so actually, I probably had less far to go to walk because <laughs> uh, at the beginning. Um, and it was quite well organised, but yeah, you just had to make sure you were in the right pen and then worked mm. out how to find the toilets because I got into mine and then realised that the portuguese were like, on the other side of a fence, so I had to go back round. And so that was a bit yeah. interesting. Fencing in there to try and direct people from their entrance point to the right pen, and I managed to get in the wrong entrance point, and I got all a bit flustered. Yeah, so got to the wrong bag drop, and it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the moral of that story is read the instructions. It is, yeah. That certainly helps. And I, I mean, I arrived about an hour early, which I thought would be plenty, and I probably only had about five minutes in the pen before we set off, which mm -hmm. 
Penny, that's possibly either ideal or it's cutting it way too close, depending on your view on these things, isn't it? It was quite chilly that day. That's probably quite ideal. <laughs> yeah, it was cold, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Cool. So when it starts off, what's the route like then? Anyone's not been to Chicago, what's it like? Is it as big as Milton Keynes? <laughs> <laughs> just, just a tiny bit bigger. Yeah, so so you start you start off in uh, in Grant Park, so it's yeah, basically similar sort of size to Central Park in New York, as far as I can gather. But then you head pretty much straight away into the tall buildings of Chicago and go through the the classic city part of it. Mm. And at that at that point, you'll notice that your your GPS goes completely haywire. That is a good point. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think. I, I'll have to look back and see what uh, what my first mile was like. But I either did a ridiculously fast first mile or something like that. And I ended up doing the whole race uh, 28 miles, despite it being fully accurately measured. Yeah, I think I got a sub four for one of my miles, which I'm going to claim is definitely genuine. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, uh, but yes, yeah, so you, yeah, you, go, you go, go through the uh, the city side of things. And then after, after I think, three or four, you end up out in the suburbs and all the different districts. And then they take each of the district tries to outdo each other in how they support and uh, encourage the runners and the, which is a, a really good good experience yeah americans really know how to support a race it's quite different to the uk i think they're just i mean everything's just louder and more like vocal <laughs> yeah I, I think just having american shout out good job just sounds a lot cooler than having some well done going, yeah, oh, all right mate i'm out for a run yeah, and we had our club t-shirts with our names on, so you kind of get people shouting your name, which is quite, you know, it's quite nice. Cool. And in terms of A stations and stuff, obviously, like London's sort of, well, it was bottled every mile. They've been trying varying different things since then. What's it like in Chicago? Cups every mile. And once you get the hang of how they lay them out, it was quite easy, because I think they did, like, water and Gatorade, and then, like, weird Gatorade chews. Yeah. That was my one exception to not try something new. I was like, I'm going to have Gatorade. And actually, I loved it. <laughs> oh, it's my favourite. When I saw that on course, I was like, get in, yes. <laughs> yes, because it's just extra full of E-numbers and sugar oh, God, and yeah, things that are America, banned God in the UK. Yeah. It's probably got like liquidised cows in there or something. Who knows? <laughs> it's good oh. stuff. Um, yeah. But, but, yeah, uh, yeah, but it, it just means... It is all cups, isn't it? So did you get on yeah. all right with that? Yeah, but the, the, and also the, the aid stations were, they, they weren't just a tiny little table with uh, half a dozen drinks on, they were about half a mile long. Mm. So whatever speed you were doing, however big the crowds, there was plenty there. So yeah, well, well done on them. Excellent, that's cool. And I, I found the cups a lot easier when you're running, isn't it? Not to trip over them, water bottles are a bit dangerous underfoot on big roads. Yeah. yeah, they have paper cups, so yeah. even if you threw them, they just squashed rather than yeah. trying to trip you up. But the downside is with the cup, you end up trying to waterboard yourself if you do it whilst running. Yeah, <laughs> I did that a few times, I think. <laughs> I was glad it wasn't too hot. So what was the weather like when you are out there and running it? We just said it was pretty chilly earlier, but... Yeah, quite chilly. And it, again, it was... a bit of a shock so yeah two days before the race we were on an open top bus with t-shirts on like oh this is quite warm and then <laughs> some cold weather came in and we didn't realize how much of a big deal lake chill is until mm. we were there so although the temperature might have been like 12 or something it felt a lot colder because of the chill off the lake yeah it's it's Chicago I've been there it's on a massive lake isn't it it's big like enough lake, you, yeah, you can't even see the other side. It's somewhere off in the distance. Yeah. It? It's ridiculous. 
Cool. Um, Gothy, when I run, I found it pretty windy as well. I don't know if you guys are similarly affected. I'm a bit wider than you two, so it affects me a bit more. I don't remember it being especially windy, but I might have blanked that out. You never know. Yeah, and the, the Open Top Bus Tour was very keen to point out that the Windy City is nothing to do with wind. Is it not? No, it's all, all to do with the uh, political environment and uh, oh. being full of hot air and wind that way. Oh, there you go. So you learn something new every day. <laughs> it's education with podcasts, isn't that? Yes. <laughs> cool. So how did the race go for both of you? Uh, well, I, I, yeah, listen, well I, I, since I got in a good for age, uh, I was uh, the, the qualifying time was 3.20. And so I really, really wanted that just mm. to... Well, if nothing else, justify the place there. I actually came in at 3.36, which I'm, I'm not displeased with at all. So, yeah, very good race from that point of view. Uh, yeah, well, I think uh, if, I, if I was going to go for another major, I'd really want to give it some welly and try and get a PB, but that's always the case. Yeah, I mean, they are quite crowded, the majors, aren't they? I'm never sure how easy it would yeah. be to get a PB at them, but... So. For all those people that say my heart bleeds three thirty six, yeah, you've got a point. <laughs> exactly. So, Kath, how do you get on your second ever marathon then? Yeah, well, I wanted to PB. I mean, and I did, so that was good. <laughs> well <done. laughs> um, yeah, so I took like fourteen minutes off my previous time, which was a good chunk. So yeah, I was very, very happy for yeah, quite a long time. Most people shave off the odd minute, not fourteen minutes. Yeah, I mean, to my first marathon I had gone in, I'd torn my calf halfway through my training. So my first marathon was definitely more of a, like, let's just get to the end mm. and have a good time, which I did do. Um, so and what was your first was... marathon? We didn't say that, did we? Manchester, your favourite. <laughs> <laughs> How long was it? <laughs> <laughs> it was the correct distance. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I really, I mean, I did enjoy that race. And that was my main goal when I did that one, just have a good time. Mm. Um but, and I would say that was quite a big race, but Chicago was something else off the scale. <laughs> I'm waiting for Reading to do a marathon. Oh. <laughs> it's bad enough running through Reading when you do the very ultras. It's a bit I would try and get past quickly. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a town. That's all I can say about it. <laughs> cool. So you got a PB and Steve was happy with his time. Mm -hmm. uh, important question. There was a beer station at mile 20. Did anyone stop for beer? No. Oh, that was part of my, I've never had beer during a race before. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to try it now. Because, yeah, the race was sponsored by Goose Island, so you got, it was almost like a shot glass size. It seemed not actually worth mm. it, to be honest. I had to take a couple. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't, uh, I, I, I didn't partake of the beer for uh, obvious reasons, but the, uh, the, there was one, uh, one station on the way around which apparently laced their beer with what tasted like whiskey, I'm told. Yes, that was good. That was a lovely running club that had set it up. It was, yes. uh, yeah. It definitely, I think, like some sort of fireball whiskey chaser in it. It was good. Yeah. I wasn't taking it too seriously, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And in terms of the course, a lot of people whinge about the uphill at the end. Did you notice the uphill? That's not a hill. I'd heard loads about this hill. I yeah. was on kind of Facebook groups before the race um, and everyone was like, oh, there's a massive hill at the end. So I was mentally prepared. But I mean, and when we were on the open top bus tour, I was like, oh, I think this is the hill that they're all talking about. Uh, it's not that bad. And it really isn't. It's a bit uh, of an incline to get over a, a railway line. <laughs> yeah, um, it's not much, is it? 
No, it did make me feel amazing because I was overtaking people up that hill at the end because I knew no, like I could scrape under 5.15 if I just kind of kept going. So, so <laughs> I was like just charging up the hill feeling like I was a great runner. I was probably still going quite slowly, but I just felt like I was... As long as you're passing people, it just feels good. Yeah, though. it was amazing. That's all you need in one <laughs> cool. And while we're out there running, the female uh, marathon world record fell finally after, I think, 16 years. Were you aware of that when you were running around? Not during the race, although I did um, get my medal presented by Paula Radcliffe, so oh, she obviously that. wasn't too upset. <laughs> just <laughs> crying that, somewhere. Yeah. It's stupid, um, right? <laughs> Yeah, so that was a really nice moment actually because you know, mm. I felt quite special, but I didn't realize until afterwards. I think I'd phoned my mum and she told me that Paula's mm. record had gone. <laughs> so, ha having seen Mo a, a day or two before and getting the medal presented by Paul, I was just basically feeling left out of everything. Well, yeah, in fact, I didn't see any of these famous people at all. <laughs> it's not fair. I didn't stay in the right hotel, obviously. Cool. And then after the race, do you hang around the Finnish village? Because for me, this was one of the really good bits about Chicago. They had a much more, partly because it finishes in a big part, doesn't it? Not like London, where you're hemmed in a tiny bit of the mile. They can probably have a big party. Yeah, because I think I bumped into you at Bag Drop, didn't I? And mm. then, uh, but uh, yeah, uh, well, with, with the combination of Catherine starting off, uh, sorry, me starting off at, at least an hour and a bit before Catherine, and the our respective races taking about an hour and a half, two hours difference. I had about three hours to kill. So did everything that I wanted to do, still had plenty of time to get back to the hotel, shower, get back out again and find Catherine. That's pretty cool. Man. So the advantages of the central location. Yeah, because I think mine was about an hour to walk out, so there certainly wouldn't have been time mm. for that. But there was plenty to do once you'd finished. So you, you wouldn't be bored even if you did hang around. Yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed that. And they, you, um, the nice little add-on was you got a free beer when you finished, didn't you, in a can? Which the beer nice. was good. Yeah, that was I good. enjoyed that. Yeah, <laughs> we've, we've still got the empty cans here. <laughs> I got through quite a They had a thing you could write your time on. Yeah, they were nice. special commemorative, weren't they? And I was, yeah. I think by the end of it, I was too drunk to even think to bring mine back with me. But they, <laughs> yeah. Well, you try transporting one of those cans across America for the rest of the trip. Because yeah. they opened yeah. them as well, didn't they? So you couldn't even, it'd be a lot of transport if it was sealed. That's a shame, isn't it? Oh, well. And the other thing on the, the bib, they had a little bit to tear off, didn't they? So you could go and exchange that for a free pint of beer in the race village. I thought that was a nice little, you know, trick yeah. to hang around. You did find though on the course, I think a few people's bits had fallen off their bibs. So they yeah. broke up to the end and were really devastated. And if you <laughs> hang around on the exit to the race village, people are often just handing them out, I found as well. <laughs> Brilliant. Not that I was milking it for its worth. Cool. And so um, after running Chicago, uh, what do you do the rest of the day? Have another bath. I did have a bath. It was a very nice bath. <laughs> with or without Mo Farah? Uh, no, he wasn't in the bath. <laughs> um, I think we just sort of laid down for a while. <laughs> and then we walked. I don't know why. We walked to the Hard Rock Cafe. Probably decided it was a good idea to stretch our legs or something. Mm. Although something weird had happened to my leg by this point. So I pinged in it after the race. And that's never mm. a good feeling. So I'm slightly more limpy than normal. Um, but yeah, we joined the rest of our running group and yeah, was, slightly mediocre burgers in the hard rock cafe probably was the worst food i think i had of the uh 
of the weekend. Yeah. But it was good to have all sort of 20 of us together in one place. I suppose not yeah. many restaurants could have fitted that in. Yeah, so that, that, that was about all the time we had to, had to do anything because we were flying out to Seattle the following morning. Oh, right. So you were just, yeah, fine. Yeah, we off, didn't so. have much time after the race. The only thing I made him do before we left was find a copy of the Chicago Times because yeah. it had all the names of the runners in. Mm. So you had to go around to like three 7-Elevens to find one. No, it was yeah. six in total. Oh, six. <laughs> they were giving them out at the airport when I flew out the next day, so I just got one free. Oh, that's even better. If we'd know. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> and the important question with Chicago, actually, is did you have the local pizza? Yes. And, and what's we, the local Chicago pizza like? Because it's not like normal pizza, is it? It's really not like normal pizza. So <laughs> we we went to a restaurant and normally Stephen loves pizza. So everything is like large. And that, that's the main thing I remember. This woman was taking our order. She's like, you don't want large. <laughs> she looked at us like we were stupid. Because um, <laughs> it's like a pie. <laughs> it's, Yeah deep like really deep and just yeah more like a pie than a pizza i would say yeah um, it's it, they're odd aren't they and we had it several times i'm still not sure if i liked it it was more, <laughs> more like a heavy quiche or something isn't it it's, mm. Mm. so i think we ended up ordering a small having downgraded on there but and we still had leftovers <laughs> taking it back to our hotel <laughs> mm. just couldn't yeah we did that a couple of days before the race because actually i don't think i would have wanted that the night before it's quite stodgy yeah yeah. Someone did describe it as a pastry case full of sick, which I thought was quite a good <laughs> description. Oh, it was quite nice tasting sick in that case. Exactly. <laughs> cool. And so, uh, any sort of touristy bits you'd recommend in Chicago as an eating pastry cases full of sick? I have now remember what we did the afternoon of the race. I think it was the afternoon of the race. We did the architectural boat tour. A lot of people did that and I didn't get managed to book on, but... It was really good. So I definitely recommend doing that because you get to sit down on a boat. That's a, good, good. Mm. a good thing. And it teaches you a lot more about the tall buildings. You just think, oh, that's a nice tall building. And um, But there's a lot of kind of yeah, architectural consideration. It is way more interesting than it sounds. Yeah, it doesn't sound brilliant. Yeah, I think it needs is. a better name, doesn't it, than architectural <laughs> boat tour is what it's yeah. at school, isn't it? Yeah, but that was yeah, definitely a good way to spend time following the race. Mm. And the, the open top bus tour that we've said before, that, that is well, well worth it. But then you can just pick and choose the things that you want to do again. That's probably a good idea, yeah. And like you said, both of them are sat down so you're not knackering your legs yeah. before or after the race. It's also worth going to see the Bean, and if you're a jet-lagged international mm. runner, if you, you're when you're awake at the crack of dawn anyway, if you go down there early, you can get good pictures before. And what is the Bean for anyone that's not it's like sure? A big shiny bean. <laughs> it's a sculpture, um, but yeah. <laughs> and, you yeah. can, and you can walk underneath it. You can. There's lots of interesting visual effects, and uh, and it's massive, isn't it? It's I don't know, yeah. either a double-decker bus or something. It's yeah. Pretty big. A, a big and that's in Grand Park. Yeah, th think of Jelly Baby exposed to radiation. There you go. <laughs> and sprayed chrome afterwards. Yeah. Cool. And then after Chicago, then obviously you make a bit of a holiday of it. So you went on to Seattle, was it? Yeah. Flew to Seattle. That was quite nice because in the airport, you know, you could weigh a medal and people thought you were good. <laughs> they do make a big fuss of it out there, don't they? Cause, yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, Medal Monday is a huge thing in the States. 
Yeah. Like here we have Medal Monday on Instagram or whatever, and it's just, you know, a bit self-indulgent. But actually, Medal Monday in America means you wear your medal all Monday. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I know it's even checking on supplying and stuff. Everyone was like showing their medals and they were trying to like, grade people on the flight if they could and stuff, just because you'd run a marathon. It was a bit like, wow. I have to do that. I have to do that after one of Foxes. See what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Let me do first class on the train or something. I might upgrade you to first class seats at Caldercott Lake Pub, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's only only a uh, it's about a three or four hour internal flight, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's probably not ideal to fly straight the day after. You sort of find you can't really get up at the other end. But. Right. Um, mm. And Seattle isn't necessarily the best place to go on post-marathon legs because it's not that's not flat at all. It's very hilly. Um, so that was a bit of an interesting experience walk, trying to walk around for the next couple of days. Um, but yeah, it was a good place to go, definitely. I thought it makes sense if you spent all the money flying out there than a little internal flight to knock another city off your list. Kind of makes sense, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. It was uh, American Airlines in our case. <laughs> I can't even remember who I flew out with, but there you go. Yeah, I think we did BA for enough. the other two. Oh, you fancy your... Uh, we definitely weren't BA, I know that much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got a billion and one air miles still to use. Oh, there you go. Then. Cool. So on wider questions then, um, obviously this year's gone a bit funny. Have you missed out on any races, etc.? My plan for this year was to do Race of the Stones. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, that kind of went out the window. <laughs> Um, along with, I mean, it meant that I didn't miss a lot of other races because I hadn't really booked a lot of. Do so you were focused on that stuff. one big race rather than sort of lots of little. Yeah. Races, so. so I do have a few things that are now preparation for next year's race of the stones. I've just deferred everything. Um, but yeah, as I was mentioned earlier, I did manage to squeeze in a marathon. I bullied my friends that were supposed to be doing the stones with me um, into doing that instead, <laughs> which was one of. Their first marathons, which they weren't really bargaining on after That's everything got cancelled. It's quite challenging for a first marathon. Yeah, which yeah. is great. Um, so yeah, that was that was good fun. I mean, it's been nice in a sense to not have so much to to do in like pressure, I guess, of races. Yeah. Although I have done a few virtual five Ks and things like that, just you know, satisfy the need to get bling. It's quite nice when it drops in the next box. You've definitely kept up your mileage, haven't you? I was saying to Steve the other day, I think, of all the sort of people on Instagram and stuff. You seem ridiculously consistent all through lockdown of getting out there with your mates and running, whereas a lot of us have had mojo failures or, or we've done way too much and then broken ourselves and been off two weeks and, you know, made a mess <laughs> of it. Yeah, I just tried to keep, keep going. And I used um, the time to kind of do stuff that, you should do so I was a bit more consistent on my strength working on my core that kind of thing which I think has, has helped yeah. I know <laughs> cool. well, how's your Steven's mojo disappeared yeah. Yeah. went off somewhere how's yeah, that so been for you yeah so I think I think my, my, my mojo took an extended holiday for a for a few months so it's probably just as well that every, everything was cancelled <laughs> so it's a well I had a Richmond marathon was postponed I think there was a there was an ultra that uh, Catherine was going to do as preparation for Race to the Stones, which was postponed to the autumn and has since been po postponed again to uh, yeah. next spring. So that was going to happen. Uh, but I'm still I'm still hopeful for the rest of the marathons I've got booked this year because the 
both of those are Edinburgh ones. Cool. So and, uh, that your focus then for the rest of the year is just get some more marathon under your belt. Uh, yeah, and to, to be honest, I just I've I've not booked myself in for anything because with with said mojo, it's nicely coming back, but one must not run before you walk, so to speak. Right. Cool. So have you got a you date you're playing for your hundredth marathon yet, or still a little bit far mm-hmm. off with cancellations to start? Yeah, well, I'm on uh, seventy eight at the moment. So with with the ones I've got booked by by the end of February, I should be on uh, mid eighties which I reckon will put me on the 100 sometime early 22. Very good. Assuming we don't get another you pandemic. You could Quadzilla, Quadzilla 2022. Oh, that would be good. Wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, that would be my fifth time round. Cool. Uh, well, best of luck for that. And um, anything else you've got, Twitter, Instagrams that you want to plug so people can follow your challenges? <laughs> <laughs> Stephen doesn't understand Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> no, I, to be fair, I barely understand Instagram. I struggle with that still, but I do understand. He pictures. Twitter. That's pretty but much. Then it's all this. Um, what's it? Stories now, isn't it? That are up there for a bit and then vanish, and then there's real okay stories. It all gets a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Reels don't understand. No, no, I'm not a teenage girl enough to understand what I'm doing on that. Mostly, I'm a bit like Stephen. I think. <laughs> well, well, you've almost got one in the house. True. Yeah, she'll have to show me how to do it at some point. <laughs> so yeah, my Instagram is camadu. It's based on my name. So it's like ka.ma.du. Excellent. And yeah. Stephen, you just have to like look out the window and see if she runs past if you want to follow her. Yeah? Exactly. <laughs> uh, we, we, we're both on Strava and uh, both on Facebook. So. Super. Cool. Well, thank you very much for coming on today. I think that hopefully let's give everyone a little taste of Chicago, which would have been coming up shortly and is now. They delayed it till next year. I can't remember. It's definitely yeah, gone. I think they're still aiming for autumn next year. So, so if you're doing London and Chicago next year, you'll have a busy October. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And if Berlin comes back just in back in September, it could be fun for some people. Then. Some people will do it, won't they? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking round the world tickets, see if we can take in Tokyo as well. That would be quite cool to get most of the majors knocked out in like a two months period, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Expensive cool. though. Well, thank you very much for coming on. I'll let you get on with your weekend. Bye. Thanks to Stephen and Catherine for coming on and chatting about the race. As we mentioned in the interview, Chicago is really worthwhile doing, but it's not a cheap endeavour. Entry is around £250 each. It's a bit more for a sports tour operator. Always tie you into either entry in hotel or entry in flights. It does start to ramp up. I flew out with United Airlines from Heathrow. Went out early Friday and back very early Tuesday morning to fly an overnight Monday. And it came in at £260 each for hand luggage. I think it was another 50 quid if I wanted to put something in the hold. Three nights hotel, even sharing, is likely to set you back another £300 each, or several times that if you want something swanky and fancy. Prices for when you're out there are not as bad as London, but certainly more than some of the cheaper UK cities, so expect to spend a fair few quid on beer and food. I also took in the ice hockey on the Saturday night, and that was a bit more reasonable at $25 for standing tickets. Well, obviously, a lot of people would think standing for three hours at ice hockey is not ideal marathon preparation. 
being a big city, shopping's high on people's list, both at the expos and all the sports stores. The commemorative gear, especially in the smaller sizes, seems to sell out really quickly. And some in our group turned into a military precision hunting party as they split up to try and snag the last few women's small tops and hoodies. Mostly I just stuck around with Dennis and a few mates eating pizza and drinking beer. As we mentioned in the interview, the boat tour and the bus tours are good. We've also got Chicago Observation Deck, which is a thousand foot up in a big building. It's got really good, amazing views. But the highlight is for an extra few quid, you can do the tilt experience where you lean against a section of glass wall and it tilts forward out the building. It feels like you're facing straight down the ground, supported just by glass. Probably not ideal if you've got vertigo like me, but I managed to hold on and hold my breakfast down. It's a pretty unique experience, but the queues can be massive, so I suggest going early. Overall, I say Chicago Marathon is a must-do experience. It's fast and flat course, and the city is friendly, and there's loads to do to keep you busy. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. I've got time for one more jingle. Pizza hits are awesome. Chicago towns like dynamite.